Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Probably Should Have Known Better. In this episode, we'll be watching the 1999 film American Pie. Uh, that means we're going to be talking a lot about uh, assault and about rape culture. Uh, one particular scene in the film which involves voyeurism and revenge porn. Uh, so just want to uh, get those into the content warning up front so you're aware before we get in depth on those. Also, uh, in the cold open of this episode, I will be spoiling the ending of the CBS sitcom How I Met Your Mother, Uh, so if you're uh, still invested in that series for some reason and really want to be surprised by the ending, uh, maybe skip the cold open. It is a terrible ending, though. I'm going to say that here, so you know that, and you have time to stop watching the show. Enjoy the episode. Why American Pie? Okay, well, one time at band camp, I stuck a flute. <coughs> Is it the getting caught? Hey, Jimmy. Just wanted to say sweet dreams. Yeah, yeah. Good night, Mom. I, I think he's trying to watch some illegal channels here. Illegal, illegal channels? This is just a bad reception, huh? Oh, baby. What's that? You know what, dude? Just uh, give me this oh, and let's God. get this. Yeah. Oh. What the hell's the matter with this thing here? Um, and she was good in How I Met Your Mother, too, quite frankly. Oh, yeah! Yeah, I never really yeah. got into that. It's hard. That's it's fine. Hard. It's terrible. Uh, it's, 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 it, it's tough. It, it was good for nine seasons and 21 episodes, and then the finale uh, ruined the entire series retroactively. Wait, what was the ending? Can you tell me? We can uh, cut this. The, yeah, we can, we can cut this. Well, no, it ended like five years ago. Fuck it, I'm keeping it in. Uh, <laughs> So the series, I don't know if you remember, the series is narrated by Bob Saget's right. voice, and he's telling he's telling his two children how he met their mother, and the entire series is leading up to, like, who is the mother going to be? Right. So we learn who it is. Oh, God, what's her name? It's that girl um, from Once on Broadway, and she was the, yes. the baby talk girl from 30 Rock. Yes, from 30 Rock. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, exactly her. I'm, I'm uh, blanking on her name, but um, she's the mother. And we actually learn uh, in the final episode that the, that the mother's been dead the whole time. <gasps> what? That, uh, that Bob Saget has been telling this story. He was telling the kids how he met her. And then in the final episode, he's like, and then she got cancer and died. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because I'm actually crushing on my friend Robin and I want my kids permission to fuck her. Wait, That's how the series how, ends. How many episodes before she dies do we get to know the mother? Uh, she is in the final season, so one season. So we're so, it's like tw- so the audience 22 is apps. supposed to like love the mother, and then she yes. dies. Yes. Because everybody ships Robin and Ted. Nobody shipped Robin and Ted. Didn't she? Go I didn't out with ship Neil, Robin Neil and Ted. Patrick Harris. Yeah, she belongs with Barney, and then they got divorced. In the again, this is in the last ten minutes of the series. He's like, oh yeah, and then Robin and Barney got divorced because it just wasn't wa- working out. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, now I understand why that whole fandom was just pissed. Yeah, that's a long time to wait for something that shitty. <laughs> anyway, we definitely nine cut. seasons. We definitely should cut two. This. 200 episodes. No, this is the cold open. Uh, Nadia Vasquez, joined as always by 
my internet boy, my buddy, a future dad, the coolest bro, Tony Ginocchio. Hey everyone, hey Nadia. Uh, Was that intro as good or better than the ones you (laughs) usually have for me? Uh, I would like to use the term for the internet that they use in our selection today, which is they call it the net. You're the net boy. Uh, Which is the funniest part of this movie, probably. (laughs) The only funny part. I laughed laughed a couple times. There there is one part that made me laugh out loud. Folks, here's the deal. Uh, We're watching uh, one of the most successful, one of the most influential uh, comedies, certainly over the ten years that followed it. Uh, It's American Pie. Yeah, I mean, could we call it a franchise? Absolutely. In fact, here's what I will say. American Pie and Star Wars, uh, are exactly the same, and here's why. What? Uh, (laughs) We're gonna get so much hate from all of the nerds. (laughs) American Pie was released in 1999, it was directed by Paul Weitz. It inspired three sequels that were also huge box office successes, so American Pie 2, American Wedding, and American Reunion. Um, so there's that central canon of American Pie films, much like there is in Star Wars. But <laughs> also with Star Wars, there are all these weird side quest movies uh, that were also released. Oh and uh, most most of them were released direct to DVD. American Pie presents Bandcamp. American Pie presents The Naked Mile. American Pie presents The Book of Love, many of which I watched on Comedy Central at like 1 a.m. <laughs> I didn't go this extensively because I wanted to cry the whole time. (laughs) A film that uh, kind of opened the floodgates to a wave of R-rated teen sex comedies in the late 90s and early 2000s. A film without which we probably wouldn't have something like Superbad or The 40-Year-Old Virgin or... Uh, other much better films <laughs> anything seth rogan wrote <laughs> right oh geez okay uh, nadia nadia can you can you tell me uh just give me a, a quick rundown of the plot <laughs> okay so american pie is set in some sort of suburban town where four boys of course make a pact amongst themselves to lose their virginity at prom before they graduate and the hilarity quote unquote (laughs) hilarity ensues and girls just make things really complicated because they're just supposed to put their dick in stuff and how dare they make it hard and that's the synopsis of the movie i think that's very accurate uh how dare they make it difficult this was the number one movie in america when it opened with a first week gross of 18.7 the total lifetime box office of the film is $235 $235 million, wow. making it the second highest grossing film we have watched at all behind, of course, What Women Want. Wow, I still can't believe they didn't beat What Women Want. We, <laughs> Over half... We as a so- oh, sorry. It's okay. We as a society are just so questionable that What Women Want is number one, and then a movie about underage people is number two. Underage people having sex. It's like, what's up with our society, dude? <laughs> uh, over half of the gross was overseas, which I thought was fascinating, because I don't Ooh. think this is a movie where the humor translates really well outside of the States. I was going to say, uh, it's a little too vulgar for most people outside of the States and their taste, Right. right. 
Exactly. And uh, within the top 20 highest grossing uh, films of the year, the year, of course, was 1999, which also gave us The Other Sister, a previous selection. Oh, yeah. Uh, so imagine a world where those are your two options in the movie and, theater. And their top song of the year was Smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Just, <clears throat> I know, I know we live in hell now, Yeah. but it's important to remember we also kind of lived in hell then, Yeah. at least from a cultural standpoint. Nadia, tell me about 1999. 1999, I'm going to get a little personal. My life changed completely when this movie came out because <laughs> my name is Nadia <laughs> and I was in band. <laughs> Who is, uh, so, so, but, but you already pointed this out to me. Nadia is Shannon Elizabeth's character. Yes. But the character who is in band camp is not Nadia, it's Michelle, it's Allison Hannigan's yeah, character. Yeah, but kids in eighth grade are not smart enough to make that distinction, so my life was hell for at least three months after this movie came out. Uh, at the same time, like, I was just a very innocent young lady. I was just watch. I was watching Friends, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, Spongebob was really popular at the time, and the Sabrina the Teenage Witch cartoon. Like, I was just so... And, oh, and uh, the Amanda show. So I was just so innocent, and then, you know, everybody's coming through and being like, hey, like, titties. And, I'm, and it was just bad. <laughs> Uh, but 1999 in general... Hey, hey, titties, by the way, was the logline on the poster for this film. Yeah, hey, titties. And then, like, the pie was saying it. It was like, <laughs> hey, titties, the pie. <laughs> anyway, so The Sixth Sense was the other biggest movie of the year. Uh, I See Dead People was something everybody was saying. And the warm apple pie thing has also made the list of the quotes of 1999. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was super popular. Everybody thought that they could totally make a million dollars because they knew about trivia. Uh, Time Magazine's Man of the Year was Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah. My the, my biggest... Uh, fuck, I flubbed that. That's I was okay. going to say, I'm, I'm his biggest fan. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. Mm. I hate him. Uh, also, yeah. Obon Pan. Do you remember them? Yeah, of course. Yeah, there was one on my uh, college campus. Well, guess what? They renamed themselves Panera Bread. Wait, that year. That's the same. That's the same thing. It's the same thing. Same company? Yeah. Huh. I guess they didn't okay. change them all. I don't know. I was kind of no. They didn't. By that. They didn't change them all. They're still all bomb pans. I know Panera also used to be. The first one was in St. Louis, and they just used to be called St. Louis Bread Company. Um, oh. And this then, has become a bread uh, podcast. Yeah, now this is a bread podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, and and when they moved out of St. Louis, everybody was like, well, we can't call it, not everybody, the people who ran the company. There wasn't like a popular uprising to rename it Panera. <laughs> uh, uh, this the, went totally awry. We're like four <laughs> minutes in. This, 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 this movie has done a lot of bad things to my brain. No, it's uh, okay. So. It's okay. You know, if, if you were around that time, which you were, but like, I don't know how much of a 
woke person you were at the time. You were also seeing Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Toy Story mm-hmm. 2, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, which I think we should definitely do for an episode because that movie oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. hilarious. Uh, the Matrix, Tarzan, Big Daddy, The Mummy, Runaway Bride, and The Blair Witch Project. Everything oh. was iconic this year. Yeah. Well, even for teen movies, too, because I think uh, 10 Things I Hate About You came out this year, uh-huh. and I know that the greatest teen movie of all time, She's All That, also came out in 99. Uh, there was a little, there were a few moments in, of this movie that reminded me a lot of She's All That. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm I'm curious to hear what you, like, What what is your knee-jerk reaction to watching this movie today? Uh, when you told me we should do American Pie, I thought, oh god, no. And then I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then... Had you seen, you had seen it before? I had seen it before after all of the boys in school called me, uh, I don't know, they just, like, talked about band. I don't know. Once that all started happening, I thought I might as well watch it. And I think I waited until I was a freshman because I was too, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was going to expect. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know because it was the, the teasing was so relentless and bad. I thought the movie would be 10 times worse, but it just turns out the people were relentless and bad and not the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How did you feel? I, had seen this before like on cable and oh sorry you um you rented the unrated version right i did yeah so folks just keep in mind we were talking about the version of the film that was too outrageous to be seen in theaters i don't really know what they (laughs) added to make it. no i don't either because this is all like well within the bounds of being rated r i forgot how just absolutely slight this movie is um the movie is exactly 90 minutes long which i am not complaining about but there are four storylines yeah which means each storyline is getting on average 22 minutes but in reality it's like jim's storyline gets like 45 minutes and everybody else gets 15 minutes (laughs) to get their storyline in and out and i just got this feeling throughout that everyone involved was like what is the least amount of movie we could <laughs> put on a screen? And then they did it. And then they did it. Um, this also launched the careers of several actors in there. Certainly Jason Biggs, um, who would go on. Uh, just two years later, he would star in like an actual good movie, very um, emotionally moving um, uh, romance film called Saving Silverman. Oh, uh, I love and that movie. Oh, it's and, so good. And it's so good. Oh yeah, With loser. Mina um, Savari, all another American Pie alum. Uh, it uh, probably launched the career of Tara Reid. I'm pretty sure Natasha Leone is in this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Al- Allison Hannigan had already done a couple years on Buffy, but she obviously would become a much bigger star uh, as time went on. And then, uh, most importantly for me, uh, really became this crossover success for Eugene Levy. <laughs> gonna say sean william scott and i was like dude uh, i didn't know not know you like sean william scott that much. no i did i do not like sean william scott i do like <laughs> that he is billed in this film as sean w scott oh shit but yeah no eugene levy worked so hard on this movie. he like when we watched bringing down the house like i felt he was phoning it in on bringing down the house yeah 
this movie, he is working his ass off. <laughs> he is he is selling it so hard. And the only point in and this is easily the most famous he would be. Like he's he's a brilliant comedic actor and he's written in and starred in some incredibly funny movies that nobody has seen. Yeah. Like Waiting for Guffman and stuff like that. But the only moment in the movie where I laughed out loud was the Eugene Levy monologue about throwing a tennis ball against the wall. <laughs> was that the same one as Hey Big Boy? Hi. No, doing? that that was that, that was, was, the that was part different. That I at. The only he, part. He gets Eugene Levy gets multiple monologues in the film that I would gladly use on any audition <laughs> that I that I would theoretically go on. <laughs> It's like, Hi, my name's uh, Tony Ginocchio, currently seeking representation, and this is Eugene Levy talking about masturbation in the first American Pie movie. <laughs> and then I would do it in Eugene Levy voice. <laughs> I, I support that 100%, and I'm sure casting directors would love it for 100%. <laughs> well, I think Eugene Levy is far and away the best actor in the movie. Not but, even close. Yeah. Not even close. But, but I don't think a lot of guys, the guys, the girls are great. I don't think a lot of the guys were that bad, except for the guy who plays Oz. I'm not even sure why we had Oz's storyline in the movie. What is his name? Oz American Pie. Hold on. Oh, he's on American Horror Story? Uh, no. His name is Chris Klein. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen him in anything since. Mm. Um, his character doesn't make sense why he's friends with the other three, and also his storyline is the exact plot of High School Musical. <laughs> I, I mean, it is. <laughs> he's perfect. a jock, and then he discovers he can sing, and he falls in love with a show choir girl. Oh. That's High School Musical. Yeah. They do it in 15 minutes. Right. And but to think that we almost didn't have the high school musical franchise, you know, you you can do it in fifteen minutes. It is a story that can be told that quickly. <laughs> but why choose to do that when you can put in eight or nine songs and a few dance breaks? I feel like American Pie have missed an opportunity. Down to like the climactic game and the choir competition fall on the same day. Like that, like that's just that's High School Musical. High School Musical, honestly, High School Musical probably plagiarized this film. If I'm thinking probably. about it, probably, or it was uh, inspired by. Inspired by, and then because that's what I think when I when I watch Oz's character in the film, I'm like, that's inspiring. <laughs> well, you know, I think those people who were inspired by it were just like, we could make a story about this without all the jizz, <laughs> and then they got Zac Efron. <laughs> Ah, oh, there's so much jizz in this film. Uh, should we talk about the film? <laughs> I guess so. I, uh, I, I, I do want to talk about the opening scene. Um, because The cold open, if you will. The cold um, open. Mm-hmm. Since it is like a 45-minute storyline. Yeah. It is, it's basically an episode of Lost <laughs> worth of story. Uh, Jim... Uh, played by Jason Biggs, is the protagonist of the film. The cold open of the film is him jerking off. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. I, I do want to talk about kind of how dated this film is because there's a lot in here that is just completely obsolete, starting with the fact that Jim is jerking off to a scrambled premium cable channel. Oh, I love it. Illegal channels. 
Yeah, illegal. His, his mom's like, I think someone's trying to watch some illegal channels. I remember those days. I used to try to do that to watch, like, the cartoons that I, like, I, my parents couldn't, like, they didn't want to get us cable, and so I couldn't watch Rugrats. But all my friends uh-huh. at school would talk about Rugrats, so I would try to watch Rugrats in this scrambled way. But I, but I was like, you know, not Jason Biggs and a horny boy. Yeah, so he's jerking off. His parents keep walking into his room. That's pretty much the whole joke. How do you not turn the um, TV then, off if you first have the sound on and once in a while you see a titty? It, like, and like, he, try, there, he tries to turn it off and he ends up turning up the volume. It's it, like, so already, like, most of the things that we are going to see in this film have no real grounding in reality or how people actually react to things right i wrote in my notes i feel nothing about any of this already (laughs) yeah maybe you know what it's interesting i want to also remind us to look at this through the lens of 1999 in addition to now because at that time this was probably some crazy groundbreaking shit nobody ever talked about jerking off nobody ever talked about you know the relatable trying to watch through these illegal channel kind of things and so everybody who had these kinds of experiences were like bonding over this dirty filthy movie <laughs> but like it was I guess. It, it's i'm interested in what our society was like about this before because i i only really remember a time where we were just sex crazed as a society yeah i mean it was way back in 1999, so the Puritans were still in charge, and we were all wearing <laughs> buckles on our hats. But to some degree, like, we had just, uh, the year prior, had a very public trial about the president getting a blowjob, oh, right? Oh, yeah! And, uh, so, uh. Uh, so we did We did have some, which now seems quaint, by the way. Yeah, it really uh, So we, we did, um, I think, have... A lot more kind of, uh, I don't want to say unconventional, but a lot more, like, talk in the public sphere about sex beyond, like, some sort of missionary position thing that happens behind closed doors. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, and then we got American Pie, and we just jumped straight into fucking a pie. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I'll tell you what, Nadia, if there's any channel that should be illegal... It should be Lifetime. Yeah, Lifetime should be illegal, says... Anyways, that's a line if... uh, spoken by Oz. <laughs> I hate Oz. I don't... I think it's because I feel like the actor is pretty disingenuous, but yeah. I also just feel like whoever wrote this character was like, guys, we need a story B. Guys, yeah. <laughs> like, we have everything but the B story. So Oz is another one of our four protagonists. He's one of Jim's friends. He is a lacrosse player, uh, the douchiest of sports. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not really clear why he's friends with Jim or, or the other guys. Um, and uh, we also see him at a party trying to uh, get a blowjob from a young uh, lass. And uh, <laughs> the... I was really excited and curious to find out how we were going to talk and skirt around talking about sex because we never do that as like friends <laughs> so this is really and, fun for me and that's that's good i'm glad this is fun for one of us uh and so 
he uh, he tells her, you know, kind of that classic line to to get a to get a woman, uh, which is "suck me, beautiful," <laughs> and uh, it doesn't work inexplicably. Yeah, uh, and we we learn that even though he's a jock, he actually is um, really bad at talking to women and very inauthentic. So, in a way, you could say this movie is really breaking stereotypes. Yeah, I mean, in a way, in another more accurate way, you could say uh, that his character is just the again the least amount of character <laughs> that you could put in a in a film. Uh, our our other two protagonists uh, include Finch, who uh, I don't understand this character at all. He's like a thirty seven year old man from New York. Like, yeah, he's, he's an old soul. <laughs> he's a bit. Yeah, he enjoys, you know, wearing a pocket watch and uh, uh, golfing, uh, putting, practicing his putting on the quad, and he can't take a shit in the school bathrooms, which actually that part I do relate to. Uh, and then uh, and then Kevin, uh, who is another actor that we never saw in anything else ever That's again. That's not true. Kevin was Rookie of the Year, bro. Oh shit! Okay, Rookie well, but that was, was before this, right? That was right? a long time before this, so this was kind of supposed to yeah. be his comeback. Get it? Okay, so <laughs> so yes, right? It's a yes. <laughs> Thank you. The comeback kid, but with a U. Uh, so <laughs> Kevin is dating uh, uh, Vicky, who is played by Tara Reid, who is a terrible actor yeah, in she's, everything she's, she's ever done. She's not. I mean, I don't understand. I don't want to talk shit. Forget it. Move on. <laughs> you're, you're afraid of getting getting a role on Tara Reid's directorial debut. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I just think it's a little bit sad how everything went for her. And so I don't want to say anything bad about her acting. Because I feel like she's That's been fair. through enough. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. In this, in this role, Kevin and Vicky are a couple. Vicky is saying, I love you. Kevin is saying, like, thanks, you're great. Can't say it back. I hate that trope, by the way. This is used <laughs> so many times in so much content from this time period where a woman says, I love you to a man, and he says some variation of thank you or okay. And it's just heartbreaking. And I feel like it probably is why so many guys right now are pieces of shit. <laughs> Did you ever see, just a side note, did you ever see the New Girl episode where Nick says, I love you to Jess by accident? Yeah, uh, and, I forget and she, what happens. She responds, because she's like getting in a car, she's getting in a cab to go see a concert, and he's like, have the best time, I love you, and he realizes it as he says it, and Jess is shocked, and she just gives him finger guns as the cab <laughs> pulls away. See, it's nicer and funnier when a woman does it than when When a the man genders does it. are reversed, it's hilarious. Why is that? Is it just because we're so tired now of seeing yes. men hurt women all the time? Yes. Um, but Kevin's main problem is, you know, a problem that I I would say in high school I couldn't really relate to, uh, which is that he was getting too many blowjobs. Oh yeah. And, was, and wasn't having any any sex. Oh good. I just love the language that Kevin uses, I wrote I wrote his name now as Ryan, so I could call him Ryan. But Kevin... He was, looks like a Ryan, and he acts like a Ryan, to be honest. Yeah, he he's just said so many... I just hate the way that Kevin talks about women, about how there are conquests, and how uh, you have to get someone 
to have sex with you. And it's just never like talking about consent until he actually says, no, 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 it has to be consensual sex. But before that, it just really felt like he was like, we're going to do it no matter what. <laughs> Which I did not like. Yeah, which was not okay. I already got that vibe from Stifler, who was 23 when this movie was made, by the way. (laughs) I had to look that up because he looked significantly older than everyone else, but he was born young than Stifler looks 35. So Stifler, (laughs) is Stifler funny? Is he a funny character? Is that what we're supposed to think? Stifler was was the runaway character. For this franchise, if you recall. Yes. Everybody yes, he, loved he, Stifler. Huge breakout star. It, 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 even in the the direct-to-DVD uh, American Pie films, like, there's very little continuity on those direct-to-DVD <laughs> films. Like, none of the cast is in it, except Eugene Levy, I think, is in all of them. <laughs> and, hey, he needs a paycheck. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And, um, and either Sean William Scott is in all of them, or stories focus on a different member of the Stifler family. Oh, the little brother had one, right? Yes, that was Naked Mile, I think. Um, I'm <laughs> really I'm really sad that I knew that and responded that quickly. It was really good. You know, I don't understand... Okay, I, I feel like at that time, sure, Stifler was like a funny character, but looking at him now, he is just so rapey. <laughs> so, so the, the, he he literally, after the events in this movie, I'm sure went to Duke and was implicated in the lacrosse team's rape scandal. Probably. He, he would like, say- Like, the timing works perfectly. It's so disgusting. Like, he would go up to a girl at, at one of his parties and he'd be like, I'd be back, I'll be back for you later. And yeah. it, it was just so, so uh, I don't know, over the top that I don't understand why so many people loved his character when he was just so despicable. So the inciting incident of this film takes place at a house party at Stifler's house. Right. So by this time, we'd already heard Bare Naked Ladies, right? Yes. That's yeah. At the party. That's how you know that these are like the hard partying kids is <laughs> <laughs> because when you get to the house, fucking one week is playing. <laughs> The real star of the movie is the soundtrack, I have to say. It, it, it was a decent soundtrack. Um, everyone, all four of the main characters, Jim, Kevin, Finch, Oz, they're going to Stifler's party. They all really want to get laid. They're, I just remember they're at the diner before the party at like three in the afternoon and Jim's like, breath check, guys. And in my head, I'm like, it's six hours before the party. <laughs> <laughs> they only brush their teeth like once a day. They have to do time it right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Everyone wants to get laid. Jim really has his eye on a transfer student from Czechoslovakia. So another very dated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another very dated reference um, from a country that no longer exists uh, named Nadia, played yeah. by Shannon Elizabeth. No. And this is where all my problems began. <laughs> uh, the guy from She's All That Who Ate His Pubes was in it. Yes. Played Sherman. That's, sh- that's Sherman. I love this guy. He's the guy who ate the pubes and she's all that. He's also in Can't Hardly Wait, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he plays Seth Green's little sidekick guy. Yes, yes. He's in, like, he, he's in like every teen movie from this period. You'll recognize him when you see him. He's this rat-faced redhead kid. <laughs> uh, he's a very good-looking man now. He grew into his weird face. Oh, I that's had, good. I had to okay. look it up. I was just concerned. Like, to go on TV or to go on, to be in a movie <laughs> when you look so pubescent was either the smartest so thing brave. he could have done. So brave. Or the dumbest thing he could have done. Because that just that version of him is immortalized forever. 
And that is a lot to take um, in. <laughs> and and basically what happens is he, uh, Sherman, uh, this minor character who is not only rat-faced, but a huge dork. Yeah. Like, just his lines of dialogue are terrible, deliberately so. Um, he fucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the party. And it is a massive blow to the egos of Jim Finch, Oz, and Kevin. Yeah. Because for some reason they think somehow they're better than Sherman. <laughs> yeah, so they... So, just yeah, lots of, un, lots of unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the best part, I think, was being introduced to the band geeks who were so polite and sweet and wanted and even knocked on the door to get into the party. And... Led by my all-time celebrity crush, Allison Hannigan. Are you serious, Tony? Yes. That's so cute. Did you love Buffy? I do. I do love Buffy. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, well, at least uh, you no, got to Allison see Allison Hannigan in it. Yeah, Allison Hannigan's wonderful. She uh, leads the band Geeks. They show up and are turned away. Um, we see all of the other characters. Like, Jim tries to talk to Nadia, and he can't. Kevin gets a blowjob, jizzes in a cup of beer. Stifler drinks it accidentally. Uh, that's not really funny. Um, and then... No, he throws up on the girl, which is supposed to be hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, Kevin also says he's not getting laid with Vicky, even though he put in months of time with her. There you go. Uh, which is, I think, a really healthy, good way to talk about women. Yep. Um, but the other thing from this opening scene at the party, um, is John Cho is in this movie. American Sweetheart. I love him so much. <laughs> oh, he's great. Um, Nadia, what, what is, would you say, his most memorable line in this opening scene? She's a MILF, a mother I'd like to fuck. <laughs> jo John Cho invented MILF. I am so proud of him, and I understand why. I understand why no one wants to put him in a comedy. He can't top that. An entire genre of pornography is named for his line in this film good job john cho i bet he feels so proud great work great work <laughs> john cho i knew i knew the term milf came from this movie i forgot it was john cho yeah it uh, they're talking of course about uh what's her name uh, they're talking about Stifler's mom, Stifler's, who does not have a name. Stifler's mom, who does not have a name, played by Jennifer Coolidge. The great... Jennifer Coolidge. Who we get to see not speaking in the Jennifer Coolidge way. Yes. I thought that that was just how she talked. No, she... I, I didn't know she was just in character every time she was in something. Yeah, and Jennifer Coolidge, amazing, amazing comedic actor. Also, like, co-stars with Eugene Levy in the Christopher Guest stable of actors. Yeah! Um, she's incredible! Do you think that yeah. they, they got together, the American Pie producers, with Christopher Guest, and they're like, who can we borrow? Who's who's fun? Yeah. Um, this is, um, well, this movie came out between Waiting for Guffman, which is amazing, and Best in Show, which is also amazing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, possibly. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. But, uh, there were a few things that characters said that really dated the movie. Uh, John Cho and MILF. Uh, Jess yeah. Jessica, played by Natasha Leone, said, 
uh, you've never double clicked your mouse, which is yes, asking Tara Reid if she's masturbated before. Yeah, right. Uh, a lot of these things are just out of control, hilarious, and I'm pretty sure you've probably written them all down. Did oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> ne- never double clicked your mouse. I definitely wrote down. What other ones were there? No, there's a so Jim tries and fails to speak to Nadia um, at this party, and he's like. Um, I can't believe I can't talk to women. I got a 720 on my SAT verbal. And then he just lists a bunch of long words to demonstrate, like, and he's, by the way, he's, like, having a conversation with an extra, and the extra walks away. So he's he's eventually just speaking into the void and just, like, listing all these four-syllable words to try to prove that he should be better at talking to women. Yeah, those translate. Uh, uh, so, so there's a lot to unpack in the opening, uh, party scene. Kevin put in months of time with Vicky. Oz isn't getting laid because he's not sensitive enough. Jim is worried he's gonna have to live in a separate dorm for virgins. Um, they wake up the next morning in Stifler's home and they say, you know what, we're gonna make a pact with each other. Yeah, well, this was after Sherman came downstairs. Yes. Uh, yes. allegedly having fucked yeah and, and spoiler alert guys he did not fuck he was but lying. they think they think he did at this point right but here's the thing the girl was like i had a really great time and he's like thank you which i thought was gross and when they were like what happened like how did it happen and he just said it was just my time it was just my time and that was kind <laughs> of the only part of the movie where i was like I like this. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's actually okay. Yeah, it was very zen. It wasn't gross or creepy. And I thought I liked Sherman until it came out that he was lying and he was just yeah. as bad as the rest of them. But at that moment, yeah. it was pretty redeeming. Yeah. It was just my time. Um, so they make the pact, the four of them make a pact with each other. Say, we will get laid before we graduate, which, by the way, is already what they were trying to do. Right. Uh, so but they there's, put a, time, I d- a deadline on it which means that the movie will end at some point. <laughs> they wanted us to know like, that what at the this goal point, was. At this point, they're like, okay, well, we have 75 minutes left. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> we have to clearly state our thesis. Right. We'll. Uh, <laughs> the inciting incident has happened. It is now time for rising action to begin. Right. And so, so he says, uh, Kevin says, you know, we're fighting for every man who isn't getting laid and should Which be. they're not, by the way. <laughs> they're only doing this for themselves. Right, but they, he says, we're fighting for every man who isn't getting laid and should be. And I just want to say for our listeners, no one should be doing anything. There's no should be <laughs> when it comes to sex. And please stop thinking that that is a thing. Because these guys today would be incels. And the... We don't want to yes. deal with that. <laughs> well, they're quite they're quite literally incels uh, for most of the film. Right. Uh, the only difference is they, you know, they haven't turned that into, like, violent outbursts. Right. Um, you know, but, you know, but we're still early in their in their 20s, you know? They're, they're, they're 18. The level of entitlement uh, present in all, like, white high school culture and... Yeah. <laughs> And in this movie, uh, is, uh, pretty appalling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty awful. But they set a target. They're like, we're gonna get laid by prom night. It's exactly three weeks away. Bam, oh. music cue, flagpole sit Harvey Danger. Right, 
Well, wait, you forgot about the rules. Oh, yes, yes. Tell, tell us about the rules. It's got to be valid, consensual sex, which means no prostitutes, Finch. Okay, so just a lot going on there. Just uh, I don't, I even don't know, know where to, where to begin. <laughs> I So valid consensual sex is one of two lines in the film that I think... I think, like, the producers were like, hey, uh, make sure you write that in. Yeah, or definitely at least the, the like, whoever, Paramount or Fox or whoever. Yeah. Yeah, because they, up until this point, were not speaking in such a woke way. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's gotta be consensual because no prostitutes you know like, it wasn't even like let's talk about rape culture let's talk about what consent means yeah. you know and, and and by the way it has to be enthusiastic consent and by the way a woman can withdraw her consent you know at some point but guys no hookers right right we have to we have to keep this legit <laughs> and- which, which has its own like own layers of problems behind it as well absolutely (laughs) and and you know another thing is is that at this moment everyone was like okay we're in agreement we're doing this and uh oz raises his glass and says to the next step and each man instead of just doing it in unison each young man said to the next step to the next step to the next step this was this was clearly padding time out. Because, yeah. <laughs> guys, this is going to happen again at the end of the film, and you just get this feeling that the writer is like, we're at 89 minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> I got to get to the end we, of this page. We have to get to the finish line. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's when the soundtrack again picks back up. We're doing some good... Uh, I think it was Blink-182 at some point, which was great, which we'll Blink's get into. Blink's in there, too. Harvey Danger's in there. Like, it's a good soundtrack, it's guys. Great. Check it it's out. It's great. We so, got ourselves a montage coming on. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, this is Jason huh. Biggs signing up for online dating and gets yeah. no matches. <laughs> um, Finch uh, is practicing putting on the quad for some reason. It's like he's not Oz. even trying to get laid compared to the other guys in this montage, which I find curious. <laughs> Well, he has a plan as we're going to as we're going to learn. It's a incredibly complex, <laughs> detailed and nuanced plan. Oz is studying floral arrangements because that's the path to greater sensitivity. Um, <laughs> Kevin is trying to reconcile with uh, Vicky, with Tara Reed's character, who's who's pissed at him. So none of this seems like anything that could possibly work at all. Um, Kevin just buys condoms for everyone, you know, like friends do for each other. Yeah, uh, that is so crazy. So then eventually. Uh, I believe Kevin goes to Nata- Natasha Leone's yes. character, and he's like, "Well, what do I? What do I do? I need to, I need to reconcile with Tara Reid." And she's like, "Well, if you want to get her in the sack, you got to tell her you love her." Which no that's girl how, would ever. That's how I got duped. Is is what she says? Yes. Right, and no girl would ever say this. I just want to. I just want to reiterate that this was written by a man, and the dialogue for the women is not at all how we speak. Or think about things, but I think because people watched this movie, they assumed that that was the case, and that's why there's so much miscommunication among males and females in the dating world, perchance. But you have to understand, Nadia, you know, sure, Natasha Leone, who who is, I I think, also a very good actor, um, she, uh, 
she doesn't talk like regular women do because she's like the cool best friend. I don't know if you noticed, but she wears hats a lot. Right. Uh, And that makes her cool. Yeah. Well, you know, if this was two years later, I feel like she would have been played by a person of color. But everybody in the the main cast was white except for John Cho. Every every single person is white. John Cho has like two lines. I don't think he counts. He's in the vocal jazz choir. I feel like, you know, he counts a little bit as, as a main player. But I don't know. Maybe he's. Does he have a larger role in the sequels? Uh, I have not seen the mainline sequels. I have only seen this movie and the shitty direct-to-DVD <laughs> Well, we know what episodes we the, can have in the, the future. The best possible combination of American Pie films. <laughs> well, speaking of vocal jazz choir, uh, Oz finds himself joining the vocal jazz choir because there's a hot chick in there, played by Mina Suvari, who I wrote as Mira Sorvino in my notes for most of the movie. <laughs> But we learn that toxic masculinity makes it really hard for guys to want to be in something like vocal jazz choir because it makes them gay or... Yeah, Stifler finds out and he's like, I think you need your balls reattached. Yeah, so, you know, Oz is trying to be more sensitive, but maybe is finding out that he is sensitive. And Mm -hmm. and that's kind of his journey that we're watching unfold. Again, this this is how I interpret this. This is the plot of High School Music. This is exactly what happens in High School Music. <laughs> well, he he did say out loud, "I can work the sensitive angle." Like I'm, I I think I, I can handle that a lot better than you guys can. Is basically what he's insinuating, and he gives them some tips. He says, "All you have to do is ask them questions and listen to what they have to say and shit." And Stifler says, "That sounds like a lot of work." <laughs> You know, and I understand, again, I understand a lot of this is like satire and supposed to be hilarious and that it's like, that's not really how guys think, but I feel like... That is really how guys think. That is really how guys think and this justifies their thinking that way and this is a very dangerous movie. Yeah, this, this, yeah, I I didn't really, and we're not even at like the scene that I think is the most toxic, (laughs) but there's... There's a lot of very toxic ideas in this movie that made, you know, $240 million that fucking everybody saw. Yeah. Well, the the one person in the movie that I feel like is the most woke and who could make it in this time period is Eugene Levy. Oh, absolutely. When he comes in and brings... uh, Brings his son (laughs) pornographic mags. But he says the one quote that is just, I just started like snapping like I was at some sort of, you know, like coffee shop and someone was doing (laughs) slam poetry. He goes, well, breasts are meant to feed babies first. Or breasts are meant to feed babies. And like, that was the first thing he said. And I was like, yeah, he gets it. (laughs) He's, again, I just want to emphasize this. His writing, the writing for his character of Jim's dad is pretty bad. And he... (laughs) sells the hell out of it and is so good where he's just like looking through porn with jim and he's like well uh this is the female form uh you can see uh you can see her eyes there just going uh hey big boy hey how you doing yeah um, <laughs> that was the only point that i actually laughed out loud that was so yeah. good his delivery is incredible and then he jumps into shaved magazine where he says <laughs> it almost looks like a tropical plant <laughs> uh, 
Oh, God. You know what I thought? I felt like this scene could have been a really good sketch, and they didn't have to make yes. an entire movie around it. <laughs> yeah, Should have just been over. Um, yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> The what was it? I, I I feel very uncomfortable saying this, but when he's like, "Do you know what a clitoris is?" <laughs> like I lost it. The pausing and the stammering before you said it, and then you prefaced it. <laughs> this is why I love you so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what I also thought is that Cockblockers, that new movie from last year with John Cena, yeah, yeah, is kind of American Pie from the perspective of Eugene Levy if he really cared and was a good parent. Yes, yes, I have not seen that film. Uh, I, I it think it's great. An, it is. Oh, you you've seen it? You like it's it? It's very sex positive. Okay, which I'm. I'll, which I'm I'll check it out. It's it's very raunchy as most of these comedies are, but it's yeah. it's very sex positive, which I don't mind. I love that. I think it was definitely think... better written and more <laughs> less toxic than this movie. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, I think John Cena's very funny when he's put in comedic roles. Yeah. Um, is Catherine Hahn in that? Uh, I don't remember. No, Leslie okay. Mann. I saw this long. Time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, um, so okay, so we're getting back here. We see Kevin, and he's calling his brother for advice. And his yes. brother is played oh. by none other than fucking Casey Affleck. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, I forgot about this! Yeah, I forgot about this entire plot point. Uh, he calls, calls his brother, and he's like, how do I make Tara Reid come? And, and then, his... and then ben, ben Affleck, Casey Affleck says, hey man, is that all you're interested in to get your girl in bed? As if he cares. Casey Affleck, <laughs> Which, the person. No, knowing, knowing what we now know about Casey Affleck, uh, this has aged super well. Yeah, I really like to hear about how Casey Affleck now cares about consent in the past. <laughs> so then Kevin's like, no, 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 like, I just really, I just really want to do this. And he's like, okay, now you qualify, which is gross. And so there just happens to be under a floorboard in the library. A, in the school. In the school, for some reason. A sex manual. A homemade, crowdsourced, scrapbook sex manual. What would this be, what would the equivalent of this be in the digital age? This would be like a wiki. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It would be like it would, it it like it wouldn't actually be on Wikipedia officially for obvious reasons. But somebody would have set up their own wiki called like Clitzipedia, and it would be just be like, we're gonna definitely cut that. Uh, no, it was so good. It was definitely it would definitely be like a SharePoint that all these guys yes. who like yes. definitely use PCs and not Macs would make. <laughs> uh. Uh, we'll get into what's in the book in a minute because I did you notice where paused. did you notice where in the library in the Dewey Decimal System this was? No. Fluid dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like five hundreds, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe six hundreds. Uh, so we'll get to what's in the book in a minute because I paused the movie at some of the shots of the book and there's some real fascinating shit. Oh. In there. Um, <laughs> In the meantime, uh, we see Oz. He's getting more into jazz choir. He's impromptu scatting because uh, he's getting into it. Um, it came from that's the heart, dude. It came from the kind, heart. 
kind of a cultural appropriation I'm not 100% comfortable a with. A lot of this uh, was. <laughs> um, Heather, who is the hot girl in jazz choir, talks to him afterwards, and they talk about getting respectively pigeonholed. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're learning about each other. Right. Uh, which is something. And then Jim, uh, we cut to him coming home. His parents are running late. And, hey, what what's that on the counter? Oh, my God, it's an apple pie. It's an apple pie. That's that's what Oz said third base felt like. Wow. You know what I feel like would be a good idea? <laughs> I feel like putting two fingers into the middle of the pie. First of all, Jesus Christ, two right away. <laughs> and, then... and, and he just was just like, hmm. Hmm. Se- secondly... We all know what apple pie feels like. <laughs> it's literally in our mouths. Let's stop. <laughs> like, like, this isn't some mysterious... <sighs> you know, the, the besides just this being super disturbing and gross, uh, but the fact that he fucks the pie in the kitchen instead yeah. of taking the pie to his bedroom... Yeah, so clear food safety issues, I agree. It's a little, it's a little crazy. So Eugene Levy walks in, he's fucking the pie. Oh my God. This is like the funniest thing in 1999. Everybody talked about this moment. Legendary scene. It like hinted out in the trailers. Does this mean that Uh, I have been so desensitized by all of the content from 1999 to now that I am so unaffected by something that was like completely mind blowing to people back then? That's definitely not a question I want to explore. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say that if you're going to go back and watch this movie and you don't feel anything, and it was supposed to be this up, like, insane. Outrageous sex comedy. Then something happened <laughs> to us as a society, I feel like. Because I, I, I was just a little sad. I was like, oh, I don't really. I want to see what the big deal we'll is. Just, uh, <laughs> we'll just tell your mother that we, uh, that we ate it all. <laughs> Eugene Levy just saved this movie. He really, he really did. did. He really, he really did. The only real redeeming factor of this movie is his performance, which honestly should have won an Oscar. Anytime. Uh, <laughs> he should have. Anytime there was some sort of lull, he would come in. I feel like that was a note from the studio. They're like, you know what? I feel like there's a lull. Bring in Eugene. He's like, dial this guy up <laughs> right here. Um, uh, so let's talk about the sex manual. <sighs> Why are we just so obsessed with teenagers having sex? This is not okay. This is not okay. This movie has gone so, on for at least an hour and a half by now. And we all want these 18 The, the movie old... is an hour and a half long. This movie... Okay, we're like 20 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all really obsessed with these 18-year-old children that they have sex. As It is, by the way, explicitly stated later in the film that they are 18. Right. Uh, which I feel was another note from the studio. But still, I feel like children wanting to have yes. sex. We are on the same page as them. And we are rooting for them. What is wrong with us? I think I think what it is, if I if I'm being earnest, I think what it is is having sex when you are new at it is usually awkward and terrible. Okay. Uh and there is perhaps comedy to be found in that. Okay. 
uh, and what this movie perhaps was trying to accomplish, if I am being as generous as possible <laughs> to Mr. Wentz, the director, <laughs> what this movie was trying to accomplish was to say, look at all this awkward, uncomfortable um, stuff mm -hmm. that these boys are going through. Remember when you went through that, too. Okay. However, <laughs> one, the movie doesn't accomplish this, and two, uh, a lot of the target audience for this movie, I'm assuming, were high schoolers themselves who were not fucking. Right, and now possibly feel the pressure to be fucking? Yes, exactly. I'm just saying that this movie was possibly one of the most dangerous things to ever have come out. And toxic. Just... Yeah, extremely toxic. To have one of the main characters be, you know, to have the storyline for Kevin, one of the main characters, rookie of the year himself, <laughs> you know, former World Series winning pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, to have him say, like, to have his story arc be, how is this guy going to convince his girlfriend to fuck him? He has already put in months of time. Right. Um, is, uh, is not good. And one of his tools is this sex manual. Right. Uh, which is great. has a drawing of a vibrator on one of the pages with, like, the caption, These are your enemy. Which, if they really wanted to be good at sex, they would know that that was a comrade. Or a friend. Yes, that is that is your friend. Um, <laughs> your dick cannot vibrate, so you gotta you gotta find someone to... You know, it doesn't... We don't need to get into that. No. Anyways, the... Uh, <laughs> The, um, and then my other favorite was the, um, they're like these cartoonish, like, oh, yeah, they're like human diagrams. centipede style drawings <laughs> of just the, just, just the most rudimentary sex positions. Like, this is what missionary is. It's like, I don't know if we need a diagram of that. <laughs> we have to remember that these are children who are just learning again. Yeah. Let's make excuses for how bad this is. they are at sex. How dare they be bad at it? They should yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. It's so bad. Um, it's so bad. It's so bad. But the key, the key piece of information in the sex manual that Kevin finds is something, which we don't see the details of. We just see the title, which is the Tongue Tornado, which I assume, based on how uh, rudimentary the rest of the sex manual is, just says under it, hey, have you considered eating your girlfriend out? <laughs> It's really interesting for a lot of reasons, but I feel like the internet wasn't around. So this was, again, the wiki. So it, it, in a way, it was community care. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag community care. It was a service. I mean, he found it in a library. I just think it's very gross that only the boys have had access to this. Yeah. I feel like they could have made a little bit more of an effort where he could have been like, hey, I found this thing. I think we should try some stuff. And then it would have been even more consensual and nice and more of a relationship versus whatever this guy thinks he's in. Yes. But I don't know. I don't I don't want to give notes on a movie that was written in like 1998. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, he um, th the moral of the story is Kevin goes down on Vicky and it works she has an orgasm, uh, Yay. and 
there's one stupid uh, I'm coming pun in there. Uh, With her whatever. dad. Meanwhile, Heather goes to Oz's lacrosse practice. She's about to ask Oz to prom. Stifler is also there, and he's an asshole about everything. Mm-hmm. Um and and Heather is upset that Oz hangs out with such douchey guys. And he doesn't and defend really ju- her. He doesn't defend her. Um, Gross. But we want. I want to get to. I'm kind of breezing through this because I want to get to my favorite part of the movie, which is Jim leaving his bedroom and Eugene Levy just hanging out there. Oh yeah. Uh, outside. He's like, uh, Jim, I I want to talk about masturbation. <laughs> You have a little bit of, like, Obama in this Eugene Levy impression, and I'm, I'm really into it. I feel very hopeful. <laughs> Guys, what if Eugene Levy played Obama in a movie? I think it would go a little something like this. Uh, the funniest line in the film uh, is when Eugene Levy is talking about masturbation with Jim and saying, it's like banging a tennis ball against a brick wall. It can be fun. But it's not a game. It's not a game, is it, Jim? <laughs> no, what you want is a partner to throw the ball back to you. <laughs> it was good. There were phrases like stroking the salami and pounding the old pud. One of my... That's the, probably the best part of the movie, this, just these innuendos. Just... I haven't heard any of these as an adult, and I'm glad I had to travel back to 99 to hear them. <laughs> But here comes the worst part of the movie. Yeah, uh, so this is probably what we're going to spend the rest of the episode on. I can't believe any of this. First of all, one of the... Okay, I I can't even start. First of all, Mark Hoppus is featured in this series of scenes. What? Blink-182 played the guys who are watching... The broadcast. That's Blink-182 with the monkey? With the monkey. Mark Hoppus. Holy shit. Woke Twitter activist Mark Hoppus was in this movie, which goes to show that one can learn and become better. (laughs) But that means that Tom DeLonge was also watching the stream, which means one can learn and become obsessed with UFOs. You didn't notice that that was week one eighty two. You didn't see Travis Barker with the purple hair. I didn't. I didn't put it together. How funny would it be if they reshot this film and put in Skiba <laughs> in that scene? <laughs> Just like digitally edited him in. We could do that. We should do that. But look. we should do that. than i did watching the comedy this is this is i'm so proud of myself for making that joke that exactly four people are going to get (laughs) i'm so proud to be one of them oh my god okay okay so this part of the movie besides featuring woke twitter activist mark hoppus who should not have been in it uh this violates so many rules of consent and possibly underage uh, sex and statutory revenge rape. Porn, revenge porn, child porn, child porn. voyeurism. Yeah. Uh, Stifler gives Jim, of course it's Stifler, gives Jim the idea that this girl, Nadia, uh, that's my name, 
the, she's she's coming over to Jim's place uh, to get tutor. Right, in but she's World coming History. from ballet, so she has to change. So he gives her he gives him the idea that he needs to show off who's going to be in his room, which includes a a old school round webcam that sits on top of the giant monitor, which was humorous. And he sets it up, and she shows up, and she's like, he's like, oh, you, you should get changed. You should, you should get, un- I mean, you should change. And then yeah. he leaves. So, the exact lines of dialogue are Stifler saying, fuck me, there's going to be an Eastern European chick naked in your house, and you're not going to do anything? And then Jim is like, well, what am I going to do, film her changing, and then set up some sort of private link or whatever on the net? Uh... uh the idea being he's going to live stream this woman changing clothes without her consent to his friends. Yeah. I... It's not funny. <laughs> the... It's not. It's not funny. Oh. It's not cool. Like, I... Someone was like, okay, so, let's do this. Yeah, and, and at no point is anybody like... Uh, hey, Jim, before we, before we commit to this, let's, let's take a step back and think about this. Because he's committing a crime at this point. Yeah, also. He's committing a sex crime. Also, I have to wonder what the audition process was like for Shannon Elizabeth. It was just like, uh, can you take your top off? Perfect. Yeah, I looked it up. She was 26 when this movie was made. So it makes me feel... Oh, well, then it's okay. Then it's okay. Let's move to the next scene. Yeah. (laughs) I I had to check because I feel like Hollywood would be totally cool with her being just 18, which I hate. Jason Biggs was 21. It still doesn't make it any better, but this is wild. So he, he sets up the live thing. She comes in. We as a society think this is hilarious and perfectly okay. And Jim yeah. runs over to Kevin's house to watch. Yes. While Blink-182 is playing. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> Blink-182 track playing. Um, so, you know, Stifler uh, is watching at his place with his little brother, which is all, just a different level of fucked up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Jim is watching it with Kevin and Finch. Um, they're all like, God bless the internet. You know, Nadia is now topless. And then... Not me. The uh, other one. <laughs> right. Uh, and then, then Nadia discovers Jim's porn mags that Eugene Levy gave him. And can we now just call, can she we is, call her film Nadia? Just moving Yeah, forward. okay. So now, well, Shannon Elizabeth. There you go. Shannon Elizabeth <laughs> finds the porn mags and then just starts lying on Jim's bed and starts masturbating while still topless, which is not what happens in a friend's house. No, it's nobody would ever do this ever. <laughs> and they're and like Blink-182, they're perverts and that makes me sad. Yeah, so what happens is Jim accidentally sent the link to the stream to every email in the high school. Yeah. So everyone is just watching the hot girl from their high school get off half naked uh, uh, surreptitiously yeah and so then uh including apparently smash hit pop punk band from southern california (laughs) blink 182 it's really disturbing and this is not okay this is really terrible but uh at that point kevin is like what are you doing you need to go over there and you need to say do you need an extra hand? Which is the worst Ugh. line ever. And he's like, okay, BRB. And he goes and he does. And she's like, okay, you need to strip for me. And like, 
Now, I guess this is supposed to be redeemable because he has to humiliate himself also? That's that's exactly what I was about to say. Is like I think the way they got away with this was Jim is going to end this scene very humiliated. Um, so I guess there's some more sort of humiliating than what just happened to this girl, this young absolutely. high school girl. Yeah, absolutely. It's like um, I say, I think they were using like Seinfeld logic where it's like, you know, the, the characters on Seinfeld are horrible and they do horrible things, but then horrible things happen to them as consequences. Right. Um, so that like kind of makes it OK by the logic of the show. I really don't think it works here, no. but I think it's what they were going The severity for. of what happened to this woman is downplayed, of course, by the humiliation of a man. And it's gross, and I hated it. And I thought about fast-forwarding, but I was like, no, I have to see what they say. <laughs> yeah. so. But it's not good. I can't believe this was a thing. This is yeah. also a very large portion of the hour-and-a-half movie. It is. It is a pivotal scene. Um, and basically, Nadia is... Uh, Shannon Elizabeth! Basically... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, Shannon Elizabeth, film Nadia, is about to fuck Jim. And he just comes immediately. Yeah. Uh, Poor guy. He was just not ready yet. It's okay if you're not ready. It's okay if you're not ready. And he desperately tries to get her to stay. Um, And she's like, okay, here we go. And then he (laughs) comes a second time, which honestly is probably not really possible. No, and everyone was watching and everyone was like, no, bro. Which, like, at that point, I would have called the police. (laughs) <laughs> if I had seen this happening. <laughs> but no one um, did. We we can call the police now if you want. <laughs> please, please make me do it. Uh, oh, I feel like just like the wind is knocked out of me at this point. It's just so sad. Uh, it's so devastating for Nadia to have Jim prematurely ejaculate twice that she moves back to Europe. Right. I think, you know, if they, if we're being really honest, she probably found out it was live streamed and that's why she left. Yeah, they never really unpack that. So that's the final scene that Shannon Elizabeth is in, in this movie. Right. It's mentioned that she flew home, but we see her at the end, like, FaceTiming, I guess, with... Oh, that's Jim. right. Yeah, the closing credits. I don't think she would be that stoked to see him. But maybe she doesn't find out, which is, again, gross. Which is worse. Yeah, yeah. it's all bad. Anyway. <laughs> I hate this movie. It's not good. No. Um, it, what ends up happening is Jim is humiliated. Uh, he uh, he uh, is asked to prom by Allison Hannigan, Michelle. Um, so sweet. Who is this dorky band camp girl, but she... Uh, doesn't know about the stream or claims not to uh she really wants to go to stifler's party afterwards um she keeps saying this one time at band camp uh which, which is what course, the you know, boys in- would scream at me while i would walk in between classes in middle school yeah endures to this day um heather and oz uh continue to bond um meanwhile you really glazed uh, we have- over the trauma that i experienced i think we need to unpack that we can unpack the trauma. I'll unpack the trauma. I'm just going to talk about Finch's storyline next, and it's a complete waste of time. Why? So you Finch, know. I feel like, is the saddest one and the one that's most, like, unrealistic to where I'm on board. 
Yeah. I feel like everything, everyone else is just like so possible and gross, but Finch is just impossible. And I like the suspension of disbelief that they're requiring of me. Yeah. Uh, so Finch has this really complex plan. I mean, there's multiple parts to it. It's so, it's, it's such a tangled, I'm just kidding. He starts a rumor (laughs) that he has a big dick. Um, that's basically it. Uh, and so, uh, so it works. Everybody thinks he has a big dick. Um, but, um, Stifler, uh, gets mad at him because Finch is getting all this attention. He also started a rumor that he kicked Stifler's ass in a fight, so Stifler's retaliation is another just half-assed laxative joke Ugh. like we had in bringing down the house. Bad. Bad. Um, I hate that, that everybody in movies loves laxatives. Like, I've already said the gold standard is Van Wilder. I know you disagree with me, <laughs> but... Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's tired. We're done. Let's, let's, re- let's retire X-Lax. Yeah, but anyways, it seems a complete waste of time, but he takes a very loud poop in the girl's bathroom. <laughs> and- <laughs> that was so fair of you. <laughs> and, uh, very loud poop in the girl's bathroom, and he's publicly embarrassed, and nobody will ask him to prom. Kevin can't, uh, say I love you to Tara Reed. still, um lacrosse game happens the coach i'm just blazing through all of this because i don't really care right. uh, uh oz leaves his lacrosse game to go to the jazz concert uh contest jazz jazz choir contest um you're missing the game for us no i'm missing the game for you he smooches heather he Smooch. and heather are basically in love yeah natasha leone is like hey tara reed go have sex with your boyfriend they all uh go rent their tuxes it's time for prom finch feels on the outs because everyone saw him shit in the girls room jim's tux is awful yeah no uh, one by told the way not to do that <laughs> the color and the uh ruffles in the shirt just really terrible um i do want to talk about one thing at the prom scene well actually a couple things but the main thing i want to talk about is uh natasha leona's character has uh headphones on during prom oh yeah because the mu- the music was shitty yeah, and uh, I like that because my freshman year of college, uh, there was a concert early on. Um, so there, there was always a big double bill concert the first weekend of the year at my school, and it would always be like one hip hop act and then a weird like alt rock or indie yeah, act. Yeah, we had that with Big Boy. He would come every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, Big Boy rules, oh, okay, though. Okay. Um, but uh, we had Cake my freshman year. Ooh. Uh, and the opening act was Akon. Oh my god, are you serious? But this was 2005, so it was before Smack That came Smack out. That. So this was, da, da, da. he only had um, Lonely, was his only oh. hit. Um, but if we wanted to see Cake, which me and my roommate really wanted to see, um, we had to sit through Akon, so my roommate brought headphones to an Akon concert. Oh my god. He's Jessica. Yeah, basically. I love that. I hate all of this. But so does Jim. So does Jim. He says at prom, he has this breakdown. He's like, I'm so sick and tired of all this bullshit pressure. I've never even had sex and I can't stand it. I hate sex, which, which is, you know, an interesting point that the film gets to and is correct. Sex is terrible and disgusting. I get it. But, but it's, uh, 
it's interesting to see him get fed up with all that because I've been fed up with all this for a while. Yeah, I had... In the film. Yeah, and so had Tara Reid, who had said, uh, Kevin always talks about sex, but that's okay because he's a guy, right? So there was a lot of... I feel like before Jason Biggs has this big moment, there's a lot of the women in the movie excusing the bad behavior of the men because that's just how boys will be boys. You know what I mean? But Jason Biggs, he is an activist. And he's saying, I am tired of being seen as a boy who will just be a boy. I'm bad at sex and I hate this. And he took a stand. Uh, the speech did not begin with as a good ally, but it it could have. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of I, I understand why they wanted to have this line. I feel like it was a studio line. Uh, yeah. But I all of his actions don't correspond with what he's saying. So, fuck this guy. <laughs> wait, wait a second. You're saying every single thing he's done in the film, up to and including filming a woman changing clothes without her consent and broadcasting it over the internet to strangers in a pop punk band. <laughs> Don't square <laughs> with what he just said? No, I uh, I hate this so much. <laughs> I feel like I, I get, I feel like why the, I get why they're having this scene, but having his character say that is not, wasn't the right move. I feel like Kevin could have been the one who, like, actually came to terms if with If Kevin that. had been the one who had said it, his character actually would have had an arc that went somewhere. Exactly, but it didn't. He got what he wanted in the end, but he did no growing from it because eventually they talked about breaking up. Yeah. So... The, o- <laughs> the other big revelation at the prom is that Sherman, little rat-faced kid yeah. at the beginning of the film, turns out he never fucked. Yeah, expose liars. Expose them. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I get that he, like, a lot of these guys are supposed to be seen as the villains because they're not the main four guys, but uh, they only made them ten times worse than those guys, and the guys that are supposed to be good are not even that good. Do you know what I mean? Am I just speaking in circles? <laughs> well, I think I think you're driving home a point, which is that... Um, All men are terrible? Especially, especially now. Yeah, basically especially now, it is very hard to root for and identify with the specific situations that this film brings up, yeah. which is exactly why we do the podcast. Exactly! <laughs> but, uh, still, still weird. Um, at this point, I did write, this movie feels extremely long. <laughs> uh, it was and like this 30 is, minutes in. <laughs> this is the shortest movie we've watched. Yeah, um, yeah. So Kevin and Vicky do fuck. Yeah. Kevin says, I love you. He, he doesn't mean it. But he says, I love you. They fuck. And it's like crappy. Yeah. Which had the potential to be an interesting story, I think. Yeah. Um, which, which is like, oh, the first time you have sex in high school, maybe it's not going to be magical and great. Um, and... Instead, they cast, like, the two least likable actors possible. Yeah. You know, if they had really wanted to make it an arc, you could have... Okay, so we got Jim, who does terrible things. And then we got Finch, who is just an old soul, so he doesn't really know 
what's going yeah. on and he doesn't shit at school. And then Oz, who really, I guess, has some sort of emotional arc, to... Has, like, a sensitive side, which he discovers. Right, and, like, maybe Kevin could have been like, you know what, I did get laid, and it wasn't that great. And so now I'm going to work with my partner and try to make it great. Or she could be like, hey, we need to talk, like, that wasn't what I was expecting, and I'm a little disappointed, and, like, let's talk about this. But none of that happened. It was just like, hmm... We're not going to see each other a lot next year, so... Right. Going to school in two different states. See ya. Uh, yeah, well, this was fun. There was no emotional payoff at all. I feel like they could have. Absolutely I don't not. think that's what they were going for. I think they wanted that large stretch of movie of broadcasting the woman on the webcam, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I wish... it. This is just so toxic. I wish that they had it had been redeemed at the end. Like, it doesn't have to be this toxic, so, you guys. Oz and Heather fuck. <laughs> but that one actually, Oz is very open and upfront with Heather. He says he's a virgin. He tells her about the pact. Right. Um, he says that he cares about her. Um, I'm not saying Oz is not a toxic character. I'm saying he is the least toxic of the four storylines. He actually learned something. Yes. And he didn't tell the other guys that he had sex. There you go. So in, in uh, a way, we're really just seeing different levels of maturity. Uh, Finch also fucks. He fucks Stifler's mom. Oh my god. Uh, who is, of course, the wonderful Jennifer Coolidge. In her real uh, voice. In her real voice. Which She also, by the way, guest stars on an episode of Seinfeld where she uses her real voice. Oh, um, I forgot about that. So that That's how I knew. Thank you. But, um, she, uh, she's like, I got some scotch aged 18 years the way I like it. Uh. Which is definitely a studio note that's like we have to establish that every character is 18 uh if we don't this is gonna be a problem yeah. um stifler's mom is very cultured like finch mrs robinson starts playing so we just can't get away from references to the graduate right. on this podcast no. uh, <laughs> um, and then uh they fuck so good for him mm-hmm. uh stifler will discover them the next morning and faint and then we get to Jim and Michelle, played by Allison Hannigan. Uh, Nadia, you want to talk us through this one? Yeah, I guess. So they're at the party. Jim's all upset because he's on a date with a nerd. But then a dream come true, Tony, because she's actually just as raunchy as he is. She's a freak. She's a freak. She stuck her flute in her vagina. Okay, there are too many buttons for that to possibly feel good. (laughs) I hated this. This is the stuff, like, I played clarinet in band, and all, and, like, dudes would be like, uh, what's your flute in there? I'd be like, it's a clarinet! (laughs) And I hated it. I hate it. I hate it. But, so, he finds out that she's a freak, and, uh, they do it in Stifler's brother's room, I guess. And, she, and she's like, say my name, bitch, because that's how it is. And then... She, that's what freaks that's do. That's what freaks do. And then she disappears in the morning. And he's like, oh my god, I feel so used. Yeah! And, yeah, and then he's like, cool! Um, and then, bam, Third Eye Blonde Semi-Charmed starts playing. Oh my god. <laughs> so this just justifies uh, rape it, culture. It bears mentioning, by the way... Oh, sorry. No, um, go ahead. I, oh, go... 
I was going to say, it bears mentioning, Michelle is the character that Jim eventually marries in later iterations of the American Pie series. So, yeah, so they do fall in love and end up together. Um, But right now, he just gets used by her. Third Eye Blind starts playing, who was the concert opening weekend of my sophomore year, was common, followed by Third Eye Blind. Wow, you got way better people than we did. That's amazing. (laughs) But I'm sorry, I cut you off earlier. Oh, no, I was just saying that everything that happened with Michelle uh, made him feel what a woman felt, but he was excited about it, which is why we have rape culture. Yeah, a million times worse. Yeah. Um, this movie becomes uh, takes a hard left and becomes a million times worse. Yeah, so in the end, they all kind of got what they wanted in a, their own way. They're just learning to be bros and to have each other's back, and they toast to the next step, to the next step, to the next step. Here's to the, to next, the next step. step. Here's to the next step. Here's to the next step. Here's to the next step. Now we're just feeling tired. Like, just, just, just flat delivery. Um, it's awful. Uh, credits scene. Um, Jim is Skyping with Shannon Elizabeth, uh, and stripping for her again, uh, as the best song possible to strip to is playing. It's a reprise of Bare Naked Ladies One Week. Um, his dad walks in, doesn't say anything, just walks in, sees his son stripping, and then leaves as dancing down the hallway and says, sweetheart, cause he's horny from, and I cannot emphasize this enough, watching his son strip. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. This movie sucks, man. Why was it so popular? Uh, I don't know, but it was also pretty well-reviewed. Do you want to do reviews? Yeah, I guess so. I have some funny uh, kid reviews. Oh, I hope so. Okay. Um, I do want to talk about Roger Ebert because this review is particularly interesting i know i talk about roger ebert a lot um there's a few reasons for that one he was very good at his job two he's from chicago uh so shout out and three all of his reviews are actually archived at rogerebert.com uh so uh check that out uh even older movies like this like older 99 but relatively older for us what is interesting here is that Roger Ebert goes into a fair amount of detail about how a lot of movies around this time used jizz as a comedic device. <laughs> what? So, writing for the Chicago Sun-Times, quote, American Pie comes in the middle of a summer where moviegoers have been reeling at the level of sexuality, vulgarity, obscenity, and gross depravity in movies aimed at teenagers, and despite these R ratings, these movies obviously have kids under 17 in their crosshairs. Consider that until a few years ago, semen and other secretions and extrusions dare not speak their names in the movies. Then, There's Something About Mary came along with its hair gel joke. Very funny. (laughs) Then came Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me with its extra ingredient in the coffee. Then, South Park, an anthology of cheerful scatology. Now, American Pie, where semen has moved right onto the menu. I swear to God, that's how he wrote it. Where semen has moved right onto the menu, not only as a drink additive, but also filling for a pie that is baked by the hero's mom. How long will it be before the money shot moves from porn to PG-13? 
I say this not because I am shocked, but because I am a sociological observer and want to record that the summer of 1999 was the, seasons, was the season when Hollywood's last standards of taste fell. Nothing is too gross for the new comedies. Grossness is the point. While newspapers and broadcast television continue to enforce certain standards of language and decorum, kids are going to movies that would make longshoremen blush. These movies don't merely contain terms I can't print in the paper. They contain terms I can't even describe in other words. I rise to the challenge. I seek an underlying comic principle to apply. I find one. I discover that gross-out gags are not funny when their only purpose is to gross us out, but they can be funny when they emerge unwittingly from the action. Uh, it is funny because the characters aren't in on the joke. They are embarrassed. Uh, we share their embarrassment, and being human, uh, we find it funny. Uh, and then I want to share this last paragraph with you. Uh, when the lucky hero gets the foreign exchange student into his bedroom and she turns out to be ready for a romp, it is funny that he has forgotten and left his recording software running so that the entire internet community can watch him be embarrassed. It would not be funny if he left it on deliberately. Okay, first of all, he didn't forget. Uh, and secondly, he turned it on deliberately. So it's not okay. Come on, Roger Ebert. Do better. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't expect that from Roger Ebert. I did not expect him to write semen that many times in the newspaper, no. Um, One other piece uh, was in Mike uh, in 2014, so 15 years after this film came out. It's from a piece uh, by Zerlina Maxwell titled, uh, Rape Culture is Everywhere Our Children Can See. Watch Your Favorite Movies Prove It. Um, and this was an article that referenced several films, uh, but American Pie was one of them. It says, uh, quote, uh, predating Seth Rogen's prominence in the comedy genre, the American Pie series centers around the proverbial basics of the American male experience, drinking and finding a girl to hook up with. The goal, if these masturbatory masterpieces are, be- are to be believed, is to have sex. Failing to achieve this goal, if you're a man, is nothing short of an epic embarrassment uh, meanwhile, women who refuse sexual advances are often labeled prudes. Yeah. American Pie's insistence on this trope perpetuates a toxic form of masculinity wherein punishments for the straight, white, hijinks-loving male characters are meted out through sexual withholding. In other words, the punishment for the guy is that he doesn't get laid and is sad. There is no societal pushback that says it's unacceptable to get girls drunk to manipulate them into sex, however, and that's the root of the problem. Wow, this is beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, it's true, unfortunately. Uh, and this, You know, we say this movie had a tremendous amount of influence on comedy over the next decade. I think that's true, yeah. and I probably wish it had a lot less. Yeah. definitely it is uh it's terrifying how popular it was looking back on it and why everything makes so much sense with the way things are right now and i feel like this was like brett kavanaugh's like favorite movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) fuck that guy folks as 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 we're recording this uh brett kavanaugh was uh confirmed to the supreme court uh not 24 hours ago uh so uh, yeah, this was probably, well, this would have come out, he would have been out of school at this point, and probably just, like, saw it eight times in the yeah. theater, and was like, yes! Yeah. fuck that guy, truly. Love that stifler. Uh, but anyways, I hope he dies and goes to hell soon. Yeah, me too! Alright, so, I have some Common Sense Media reviews. 
Uh, okay, so I looked at kid reviews and parent reviews. Uh, uh, okay, this is good. Teen, ta- uh, 15 years old, uh, username Taco Bell, Taco Bellox 15. Uh, okay. I think it's fine. Four stars. It's good. I don't see the problem. There are so many worse movies that have blasphemy and bestiality. I think it's good and everyone is straight. <laughs> That's 15-year-old Taco Bellux 15. Uh, I, no, hang on, hang on. No, we're not moving to the next one yet. <laughs> so he does okay this was so written this... in february of 2013 this review it is likely that between then and now taco bellux 15 has grown up a little bit okay so but this so if i'm reading between the lines it sounds like this kid is some sort of comes from some sort of conservative religious tradition right a tiny homophobe <laughs> because he's he's okay with all the high school sex because it's straight mm-hmm. And he's not okay with something that would contain blasphemy or bestiality. Right. What the hell came out with bestiality in it in 99? Well, the review was written in 03. Um, 13. 13, 13, yeah, there were plenty of times, I guess, before. I don't know. Uh, It was a little crazy. Okay, so I have a a different one. Uh, Written by Kiss Rocks 101, teen 14. American Pie, five stars. Sad but true and awesome. Yes, this movie is loaded with sex and gross-out humor. Yes, this movie is filled with foul language. Yes, this movie has zero positive role models. These, these are all besides the point. It is an extremely accurate and hilarious representation of high school and everyone's stupidity. This person is 14. That's what makes it so good. If your child is at the end of middle school or beginning high school, they have seen much worse than this film has to offer. Plus, they will love it. The second my future children turn 13, I'm going to go out and buy this for them. It's just that good. My God. (laughs) Uh, Teen, uh, 13 years old, user imagine no i'm sorry imagine wanting to buy this for your kids <laughs> teen 13 years old five stars i like it my dad has all seven of the american pie <laughs> jesus fucking okay Christ. let's go through the parents one this one is uh hold on this is i have some good ones here Adult, written by user Davy Bourne, age 16 plus, four stars. Vulgar, disgusting, funny, and smart. A raunchy teenage comedy with brains. <sighs> American Pie was a pretty big box office hit when it first debuted in theaters back in the summer of 1999. This, this review was written in 2012. And honestly... Okay. Why shouldn't it have been? I mean, even at the time, the themes of horny teenagers thinking about sex mixed in with some uber-edgy humor and enough vomit-induced sex jokes to please an entire space station of Louis C.K. fans. I have no idea what that means. Okay, hang hang on. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think now a very good approach would be taking all of the remaining Louis C.K. fans and shooting them into space. I do agree with that. (laughs) Okay, okay. 
Yes, the American fl Pie franchise may have been slightly dappered with the long string of awful direct-to-video sequels that came out, but the enjoyable reboot, American Reunion, which also debuted in theaters, this is the very poorly written thing, made the franchise clever and funny again. <laughs> they went clever. Many people actually uh. forget how good this movie actually was. Many people these days look back on it as nothing more than a raunchy teen sex comedy. Well, that is exactly what it is. And so much more. Oh, boy. Really, this film never really got enough credit for how thoughtful, smart, and I dare say, genuine sweet it really was. That was it's not sweet. It painted a portrait of a part of everyone's life that is always marked by awkward relationships, thoughts, and feelings. High school. The place of all major embarrassment in every teen's life. I mean, I don't know about them, but I was embarrassed pretty much well until, like, yesterday. So... I'm... I'm embarrassed right now talking about this. <laughs> All right. Still, American Pie did it right. Unlike so many of those other wannabe teen, com teen comedies, American Pie was hysterically funny, boundary-crossingly filthy, and very smart and clever about how these young minds really worked. There's a lot more, but it's... Uh... I don't know what this guy's point is. <laughs> naming all of the bad things as if it's a good thing it's <laughs> no one can forget the heartwarming scene when jim came in his pants twice <laughs> while broadcasting <laughs> to the internet it's really bad there's a lot of parents who are like it's pure disgusting trash i would never let my kids watch this and there's a lot of parents who are like I mean, this isn't so bad. It gets, this yeah. is, it's too much hate. Like, you shouldn't be raising kids who are this, like, sensitive and stuff like that. And those people voted for Donald Trump. We really, we really have, I think between, between the reviews here and the reviews for Jeff Dunham's Spark of Insanity, we really have learned a lot about why Trump won. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's really sad. I, this is all very bad. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I know that... I think South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut was, that might have been the same year, or maybe it was a couple of years earlier, but that was another one where it was like, it was an R-rated film, it was filthy, but it was clearly marketed to people under 17, which I feel is true of this film as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, which I think is 10 times worse. Yeah, and I, do, like, I honestly don't think it's a particularly good representation of high, like, I cited Superbad before which is about also about two guys who really, really want to have sex and just absolutely cannot make any headway in terms of having sex yeah. and spend most of their time sitting in each other's basements. And I feel like that is a much more accurate representation. Yeah, definitely. Of high school. Definitely. I think if they made a movie about my high school t days, it would just be like a montage of all of the Harry Potter midnight releases and the costumes I wore. <laughs> Like, I just really wasn't into any of this stuff, and to, I'm really uh, resentful about the amount of teasing that I had to endure because of this movie, and because, like, I didn't watch these kinds of movies, and I had to go out of my comfort zone to understand the teasing. To figure it out, And that, yeah. I feel like that was not fair, and I was kind of taken out of my innocence a little too early. 
I was a late bloomer just in general, but like that was just fucked up. Like, let me just come to terms with things in my own time. But I, you know, these are things that I have to process in therapy and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So Nadia's classmates uh, in high school, I want to just uh, no, in middle address school. you directly. Middle school. Oh, it in was middle public school. school. I went I would to just private like to... school soon thereafter. Okay. Uh, Nadia's classmates in middle school, I'd like to address you directly right now. Uh, how dare you just to take someone so pure and wonderful and reveal to her what a fallen world we live in. It's so sad. Oh, God. Thank you. Okay, end of address. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, I mean, it was good to watch this because I can now know that it's not a classic, which is it is considered for some reason. And uh, I know never to let my children watch it if I ever have children. <laughs> unlike unlike <laughs> that other kid from Common Sense Media who's like gonna get a copy when her kids turn 13. <laughs> Happy 13th, kids. So a <laughs> little rite of passage for you. We're all gonna sit on the couch and watch this together. In, in the meantime, folks, thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, and uh, probably should have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We'll see you for the next episode. Bye.